Nutrition is remarkable in its ability to have people with completely opposite views saying they have science to support completely opposite views. Frustrating, isn't it? What are we supposed to believe? Welcome to Dynamism Biohacker. My name is Dr. Matt Hammett, wellness and nutrition expert, lifestyle trainer, and movement enthusiast. And each week, I'm going to share with you how to make the right nutritious choices despite conflicting expert opinions, where I help you to discover how to unlock your inner aborigine or your inner greatness. Thank you for spending this time with me today. So let's get into the training. How do you love? It seems like a simple question. Why then are there thousands of books written on the subject? What does love mean? The ancient Greek philosophers wrote about four different types of love. Storage or familial love is a word they describe as the bond that exists between one who loves animals, people, inanimate things that surround the environment. Philia is described as friendship. It is the mutual comrade between universal values. Eros is defined as the passion, not only for the sexual nature, but also the spiritual nature. And finally, agapic love, which is manifested when one person gives generously to a needy person. Agapic love is generous, without concern for reward. In 1 Corinthians, Paul writes that love is the greatest of all the virtues. So faith, hope, love abide. These three, but the greatest of these is love. Our life manifests with different passions of love. We have a deep-seated need to be around each other, connected and supported. In this training, I'm going to explore what love has to do with it. What is it? You. Your very well-being. Your very survival. And how it affects your ability to make the correct decisions in life. Most importantly, lack of love leads to lack of caring, which leads to cubono, a Latin term meaning to whom profits. When we're finished with today's training, you're going to understand exactly what love has to do with it. You're going to learn how to discern through the confusing science camps out there and how and why it got so bad. And that leads us to Dynamism Biohack, the tale of the two rules. Dynamism is the enthusiastic quality or charism that dynamic people possess that characterizes them by their vigorous action and progress. They step outside that it's genetic cliche, the blame it, name it, and tame it with a drug approach into what I call true health. This is the health class your doctor doesn't know, the wellness prevention and health promotion solution, how to get and stay well for a lifetime. That's dynamism. Humans behave more like packs of wolves in terms of community and the need for each other for our survival. A world-renowned expert on animal emotions named Mark Beckoff noted that sensory modalities drive us. And just like wolves, mice, and elephants, humans are physically and emotionally driven by our senses. Who are some of the most loving people you know? What do they all seem to have in common? Is that a coincidence? I don't think so. 
Our culture teaches us that selfishness is the path to happiness, but dynamic people understand the act of generosity, concern for one another, is the key to joy in life. Deep-seated and lasting happiness is for the person connected to others. Selfish people seem restless and discontented, don't they? You know, the truth is, the joy we experience through selfishness is always fleeting because it is dependent on external circumstances. Dynamic people tend to have a deep-seated relationship with the Creator or God. Their happiness is not dependent on external circumstances, events, or things they possess because they depend on living a life that pleases their higher power. Dynamic people establish connectedness by creating a habit of generosity within their routine. One of the greatest gifts we can give anyone is to help them develop their connect driver. It's to encourage them to change their behaviors by learning the genius of generosity, thus creating a routine and doing so. Senior Associate Editor Sarah Green Carmichael at Harvard Business Review recently reviewed the book Daily Rituals, How Artists Work by Mason Curry. Curry examines the daily routines of a number of painters, writers, and composers, along with philosophers, scientists, and other exceptional thinkers. They each had a routine that was more than a luxury. It was essential to their work. Curry puts it best. He says, A solid routine fosters a well-worn groove for one's mental energies and helps stave off the tyranny of moods. Each of these examples of dynamic people developed a habit within their routine and by doing so cultivated behaviors that enabled them to become the inspiration they are today. While establishing a habit within the routine may engage the minds of genius, it can do the opposite if that pattern is negative or toxic. The Pembry study in humans is a great example of this. Research published in the European Journal of Human Genetics suggests that the habit within the routine cultivates individual behaviors of pre-puberty boys, which influence the phenotype of their sons and grandsons in a negative way. The authors favor the idea that negative behavioral habits cause epigenetic changes to the DNA and the developing germline of embryos, and this change is maintained and carried along with the sperm to the next generation. In this study, they looked at certain behavioral food choices and the paternal grandfather's food supply during mid-childhood even was linked to the mortality risk ratio of grandsons. The study suggested that in humans, a one-off environmental event could influence phenotype for more than one generation. Furthermore, the establishment of the epigenetic state of these loci can be modified by the environment. And that's good news for us. Geneticists, epigeneticists, and environmental biologists are still grappling with these surprisingly results. This is the tricky question. Whose responsibility is it to make sure that your pre-puberty children get the proper eat, move, think, connect, and coping strategies? See, people with dynamic health 
are asking this question of themselves. From a public health point of view, what makes the Pembry study particularly interesting is that it argues that exposure in humans can affect the developmental and health of humans for at least two generations. In other words, the old cliche, you are what you eat, is not entirely accurate. It should be rewritten and updated. You, your children, and your grandchildren are what you eat, how you move, think, connect, and cope with stressors in daily life. Qui bono, pronounced qui bono, is a Latin phrase that describes a key forensic question in a legal investigation, meaning who benefits or to whom profits. People with conscious choice, they understand what authentic literature is and what it is not. And the mounds of research available to them, it doesn't discourage them. They're empowered by it. They start with the obvious. Is it human? They're tricked by heretical researcher contradicting blogs. They know how to sniff out authentic studies versus what I call artificial turf studies, right? Designed by spin doctors that benefit a particular power. They understand that the investigation with rats and animals are not the best evidence in terms of humanity. They understand the new sciences concerning human epigenetics, human lifestyle genetics offers a new empowering solution that rat studies never could. Why? Because we are human. Please keep this in mind. What I consider a toxin that causes changes in the human DNA is anything that is not genetically congruent for humans. One substance tested in the lab may be safe for a mouse or a rat, but it may be deadly for humans. Did you know that scientists legally don't have to publish the bad results? So, for example, if I used a frog, a mouse, a rat, and a chimpanzee, I test a substance in all four subjects. If three out of four subjects get liver failure or a cancer or immediate death, and I have one out of the four that shows a small amount of success, by law, I don't have to publish the other three subjects. I simply choose the one that was most successful for the study. That's science spinning, folks, and that is legal. What is worst, most doctors are completely unaware and oblivious that this is happening. If you don't know clinical methodology or take the time to learn about lab statistics, you'll never know the difference. How did it get like this? Well, let me tell you the tale of the two rules. A scientist had a bird in his hand. He wanted to find out in what part of the bird's body was life expressed and what life itself represents for humanity. He began dissecting the bird, and the result was that the very life he was in search of mysteriously vanished. See, those who try to understand science through a lens of a different species have a blurred vision of the reality. Even studying a human corpse provides a blurred lens of reality. Just try taking the blood pressure or a blood sample from a human corpse. Have you ever thought about science like this? The ability to practice what seems like common sense is not common practice. 
they simply see life through an anamorphic lens. Dynamic people understand that humanity thrive without modern science and education. It is the unnatural order or the synthetic order of man-made things that have stressed our planet and consequently our bodies. It is not that I oppose medical education, but medical education without respecting the natural order of life is certainly dangerous. You must stop examining science and physiology like dry bones. You must break open the bones and take in the life-giving marrow. So there are two rules that I've created that help people make the right conscious choice. First, If your great-grandmother does not recognize it as food, it is not food. And second, if it's man-made, not found that way in nature, then consider it a toxin. Now, some toxins are necessary for us at subtoxic doses. This is medications. Dynamic people are integrated with their medical doctors and their lifestyle natural doctors. They understand that if they have a medical condition, the goal should never be to rely on pharmacology for the rest of their life. If it can be avoided with proper lifestyle changes. Full disclaimer here, I am not advocating quitting your medications. I am against the doctors who fail to give their patients lifestyle goals and a lifestyle plan that may reduce and or eliminate their need for medication. Doctors who will not practice lifestyle changes and prescribe healthy lifestyle choices that work for your specific issue should be fired. You need to find a doctor that integrates in both worlds, medication and natural health to give yourself the best fighting chance in life. Amazingly, when dynamic people eat foods that are right for them, it literally feeds their DNA in a positive way. And when they move more, exercise, and move in tiny ways throughout the day, even if you're a quadriplegic, most quadriplegics can still move something that matters. In fact, I've covered this in a different episode, but small, tiny movement count most. Your tiny spinal movements are the most important in terms of generating neurology to the brain for the proper brain nutrition we require every day to stay healthy. Research is demonstrating that healthy eating and moving causes what's called epigenetic changes or the environmental influence on your genes. And it alters the developing germline of embryos that carry it to the next generation. Dynamic people know that how well they choose their five pillars of a dynamic health is their fate. They don't buy the blame it, name it, and tame it with a drug approach. They understand that health is a fruit that is grown and earned. They are also very aware that this process works in reverse toward their own detriment should they make the wrong choices, should they listen to the wrong doctor. It's not the bedside manner of the doctor, nor as to how comfortable you feel when you are around them, that you trust them because they seem caring. Did you know that medical school added drama classes to their curriculum? That's true. They wanted to teach doctors how to appear more caring and loving. And I'm sure most are. 
It's just they never asked the tough questions. They just went with the rat and animal model of research, never questioning how it related to humanity. They were never trained in natural health and nutrition and lifestyle. They were trained in the artificial man-made world, and of which it is turning out. Science is demonstrating that our biology just doesn't know what to do with artificial and man-made substances. Our genome cannot recognize it. It doesn't know what to do with it. Where do you fall on the spectrum for making a conscious choice in terms of qui bono? Have you discovered while gauge checking that you may have added to the profit of the exploiters? I know I have many times, and I am most certainly not proud of it. Understanding qui bono and how to sort out authentic literature is an art, but it can be mastered by asking yourself one question. Is it human? The truth is, if the only memorable thing you get from this training is the term qui bono, you will walk away at least somewhat enlightened as to why our science camps have gotten this bad. Discerning through science is an important art that is lacking in mainstream media. In fact, it doesn't exist. Most doctors just read the headlines, maybe the summary of a study, and definitely never ask the obvious question. Was it a human study or an animal study? If you are a current patient in our office, I love you. Thank you so much for your confidence in us. If you are not a patient, I certainly would love to meet you someday. Go to our website, newlifefamilychiropractic.net. And also, I just want to remind everyone that we got the same 24 hours in a day. I'm no busier than you are, but if your goal is to live a happier, healthier, and fuller life, you've got to learn to manage yourself. And that means managing your movement, which drives your energy. When we better manage our energy, we're better able to be more present and vibrant and enjoy our life. We're better able to manage our five pillars of a dynamic health. You deserve a life that is peaceful, that is balanced, that is happy, where you have tons of good health. The health that you need, the health that is on demand when you need it most. You see, because health doesn't come to you, it comes from you. It is a fruit that is grown and earned. And I know we all heard the genetic cliche, the blame it, name it, and tame it with a drug approach. But the truth is, the solution doesn't lie with more drugs and surgeries. The solution lies with you. You know it's not so much of a healthcare crisis as it is a self-care crisis in our world today. Thank you so much for spending this time with me. I love you. I love hearing from you. So don't forget to reach out to me. Let me know what you thought about this episode. Do so by whatever is your favorite social media platform. Send me a message there. Let me know that you listened to this episode and what you thought of it. And as always, I appreciate it in advance anyone who is kind enough 
to write a review. That is the ultimate gift. I appreciate you very much for that. I love spending this time with you. I'm Dr. Matt Hammett reminding you to lighten up, move better, and live fuller. Until next, Dynamism Biohack.